fact, it's extremely shocking that every other day, young girls, minor girls, 12-year-old girls sometimes, they are being sold in GB Road even today. अंतर्राष्ट्रीय श्रम संगठन का मानना है कि दुनिया भर में लगभग दो करोड़ दस लाख लोग तस्करी का शिकार हुए हैं Goody was trafficked from a small village in southern India when she was just 11 years old. Like thousands of others growing up in extreme poverty, she was desperate for a better life. For decades, Mumbai's Kamatipura has been home to thousands of sex workers that were trafficked here from across India and neighboring countries. These are common news items that you've heard that feature sex trafficking. one of the largest criminal industries in the world south asia is one of the fastest growing regions for human trafficking today with india at its center it is not confined to the conventional red light areas anymore it is happening everywhere yet is hidden from plain sight there are resolutions declarations conventions laws policies and programs in response to the crisis of human trafficking that is growing alarmingly and yet there is still so much people don't know about the seriousness and the nuances of the problem hi i'm kashina karim assistant director of a non-profit and civil society organization called prerna Prerna was started to protect the children born to prostituted women in red light areas and the women themselves from sex trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation. We have been working for more than 3 decades towards their rehabilitation, social reintegration and to restore their dignity by safeguarding their rights. This podcast Humans Not For Sale by Prerna aims to create a broader social awareness about human trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation. Twelve years old Geeta was a girl from a poor family from Nepal. Her family did not have any means of livelihood. Geeta wanted to work, earn, save and support her family. A visitor to her village told her that he could get her a job in Delhi. The family sent her with that man who on reaching Delhi sold her to a brothel on GB Road. She was kept in captivity and forced to be a prostitute. Geeta started depending on alcohol and couldn't escape from HIV. Every year Millions of girls and young women like Geeta who are in difficult circumstances are promised jobs or careers in the glamour industry and sold to brothels in metropolises. Thousands of poor adolescent girls from the states of Chhattisgarh, Jharkhand, Odisha are supplied as domestic help to well-to-do families in metros like Delhi, Bangalore and Mumbai where they are exploited. Many poor girls from various parts of Uttar Pradesh, Madhya Pradesh, Rajasthan are trafficked to dance bars and other hot spots of shadow entertainment in cities like Mumbai. So to begin, what is human trafficking? 
to help us. Here's Dr. Praveen Patkar, the co-founder of Prerna, telling us more. Human trafficking is a kind of a compound crime which is growing all over the world today in a very alarming manner and the world has woken up to that fact. It is a kind of an activity whereby people who are vulnerable or who can be easily captured, deceived, frauded or forced or coerced or their weaknesses can be utilized, power over them can be misused, whereby they can be inducted into a life of exploitation from where someone else other than the victim, other than the person who is trafficked benefits. But the cost is always paid by the victim. So it's a kind of a transferring harboring recruiting transporting an individual for an exploitative lifestyle by using a variety of unethical criminal means such as force fraud deception coercion abuse of power abuse of weakness abuse of vulnerability or by taking consent for that act by paying some kind of a small money for that purpose so this entire thing is called human trafficking it is essentially making people available whereby they can be inducted into an exploitative lifestyle Salim a laborer from Bihar came to Ahmedabad for work once when he fell ill an agent promised him to get medical help in a hospital at a concessional rate Salim underwent a surgery and was happy that he was operated at no charge a couple of years later in connection with back pain when he consulted yet another hospital he discovered that his right kidney had been missing as it had been taken away because so much of what happens with human trafficking is behind closed doors and rarely comes to light it's not something that people realize is happening right next door so what happens exactly when someone is trafficked so very often what happens there are backward depressed industrially agriculturally depressed states and districts and nations where people are desperately looking for jobs under such circumstances when young people are definitely keen that they should go make a good career if they can't join a big glamorous career like films and television shows but at least they should get a good job in a metropolitan city like bombay delhi and uh, such other places so with that good intention and honest intervention some people may offer themselves or keep looking for opportunities and that's precisely what is exploited by somebody else who has a criminal intention or the malafide intention they promise them job they promise that i am the person i am the agent i know where the jobs are and i can get you a good job or i can also introduce you to the television industry to the movie industry bollywood etc so people trust them or the families trust them and this precisely this is what is exploited by this person that we call as trafficker that ultimately they bring them to bombay and sell them to some sex trader there are people who are unwell and who are looking for some kind of a medical treatment somebody comes and tells them that they can get the medical treatment done at a very concessional rate or free of charge and they are taken to hospitals and then after some time they realize that their kidneys are missing part of their liver is missing but their desire to get medical treatment at a very concessional affordable rate is something that is exploited by this trafficker there are traces where children are trafficked into mica mining into sweat shops into glass making factories into bag making into zarzori and fancy embroidered clothing material there are children supplied to circus there are children supplied to begging activity things like that 
according to a United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime report, of those that are trafficked, about 51% are women and 28% are children. So are women and children more likely to be trafficked? Who are the most vulnerable? Whoever is vulnerable, whoever is unprotected, whoever is unguarded can be trafficked. For example, children get trafficked for all these purposes such as glass making, firecracker making, bag making, jardori clothes making, brick making, construction industry, hotel industry. Children are supplied on a very big scale. Now these children definitely get trafficked in the labor sector largely and in the entertainment sector. Girls get trafficked into the sex trade primarily. Young people get trafficked whereby they can be inducted into the sex industry. Old people get trafficked whereby their organs can be harvested and sold in the market for such as kidney, such as liver, such as skin, such as blood. But people who are uneducated, who belong to low caste, low class, who have no means of livelihood, who have no community, who have no protective mechanisms, who have no support structures, are more likely to get trafficked. As we explore a better understanding of what is human trafficking, there are instances where it may get confused with illegal migration. So what exactly is the difference? People violate laws related to passport, related to customs, related to immigration. And then they cross over because there are no opportunities in their countries or they are having some kind of a unrealistic ideas about jobs in the other country or that they are merely looking for a job to survive. In the process, they violate the laws and become extremely vulnerable. That is something that is illegal migration, but that is not the same thing as human trafficking. Human trafficking is where the people are given wrong impression or their vulnerabilities are utilized in order to promise them or in order to take them away from their place of origin to some other place where they are promised jobs. In illegal migration, there is no exploitation, necessarily exploitation as the end product or the destination. People may prosper, people may get a good job and live and survive. People may get better jobs and better career also possible. But in human trafficking, that is not a purpose. Human trafficking, the purpose is to put the person in an exploitative lifestyle. So migration is different, illegal migration is different and human trafficking is different. They are not one and the same. अपनी सभ्यता और संस्कृति के लिए दुनिया भर में मशहूर भारत अब तेजी से मानव तस्करी यानी ह्यूमन ट्रैफिकिंग के लिए बदनाम हो रहा है आपको ये जानकर ताज्जुब होगा कि भारत को एशिया में मानव तस्करी का गढ़ी मुंबई में एक बार में छापे के दौरान जिसम फरोशी के तहखाने का खुलासा हुआ है मुंबई के गोरेगांव इलाके के धड़कन बियर बार देश की राजधानी दिल्ली में मानव तस्करी के सबसे बड़े राकर का भंडाफोड़ हुआ है दिल्ली पुलिस ने 5000 से ज्यादा लड़कियों की तस्करी करने वाले गैंग के सरगना हुसैन और सायरा नाम के जोड़े को गिरफ्तार मानव तस्करी मानव तस्करी मानव तस्करी मानव तस्करी अंदी टर्म इज ऑफन यूज टू डिस्क्राइब ह्यूमन ट्रैफिकिंग टेक्निकली मानव तस्करी मीन्स ह्यूमन स्मगलिंग Is that the correct way of referring to human trafficking? Are we then saying that human smuggling is synonymous to human trafficking? No. These are two different terms, these are two different phenomena. Very often we come across cases whereby people get in touch with recruitment agents belonging to other countries or who give you jobs in other countries for example in gulf countries for example for nepalese or bangladesh people getting jobs in india or for girls from nepal getting jobs them in thailand or some such other places so there are people who are specialized in getting you jobs in other countries and many of them are doing a legitimate work 
they will not only violate the laws but they will against a particular commission they will take the responsibility to help you cross the border illegally without proper permit without proper residency permission without proper work permit without proper passport customs and other things they help you to cross the border and get into another country these are smugglers but what happened the person who is actually going with that or person who is getting smuggled is not necessarily forced to get smuggled he might have approached the agent on his own or on her own the person who is helping them is a smuggler but he may not necessarily be wanting to put them into an exploitative lifestyle that's not the case with human trafficking human trafficking is with an intention to put your person in an exploitative lifestyle whereby someone else can make the benefit but the cost is paid by the victim Jyotima was part of a poor family of sharecroppers who hailed from a village in Nadia district in West Bengal. In 1998, when she was 11 years old, her parents died of cholera and she was left orphaned. Seeing that Jyotima was all alone, her cousin lured her to Sonagachi, a red light area in Kolkata, under the pretext of getting her a decent job and sold her to a pimp in the area. In the year 2000, Jyotima was sold again this time for marriage to a regular customer a 45 year old man called Salim We have an idea of those particular groups of people who are most vulnerable to human trafficking There are situations like war natural calamities displacement of people social customs and so on that can put individuals at a higher risk of being trafficked dr patkar tells us more there are several such committees in the northern india northwest india as well as in southern india which are notorious for sending their daughters into a variety of sex trade activities then there are institutionalized religion based systems such as devadasi whereby the girl who is born into a devadasi family or any in that any family of a dalit in that area you likely to get trafficked the other thing is the situations which are the socio economic situations for example tsunami happened several children were without their parents without their family without any protection and they were available and unicef reported that many of them were found missing from the relief camps this is the same thing happens when war breaks down when ethnic cleansing breaks down when communal riots take place when there are pandemics like the one that we recently saw covid pandemic so under such circumstances which are also economical in nature such as agricultural depression industrial depression and things like that where people lose their job they lose their livelihood that they get disintegrated people have to leave their places of safety and uh, sustainability and go out in search of survival now suddenly these are the situations which make people vulnerable there are other categories of situations such as uh, an abusive alcoholic husband and therefore you are deserted by the husband and you are alone and you are looking for some kind of a livelihood and sustenance for yourself orphaning early like orphaning and therefore you have lost the livelihood of the family abusive intimate partner now these are the individualistic kind of situations whereby the person become vulnerable and easily available for somebody to traffic them when we talk about someone being sexually exploited consent becomes a very important aspect in this conversation yet in the face of human trafficking for the sex trade consent takes on a very different shape and it's not as simple as saying a yes or no human trafficking is without the consent of the person who is trafficked now consent doesn't mean the same thing as saying yes 
and this is where many times things go wrong consent presumes a kind of a background at a situation where the person is able to freely express one's own preference or one's own inclination or disinclination to get into a certain type of an activity without the fear of consequences when such conditions exist and when the person expresses yes or no it can qualify to be considered as consent merely saying yes or merely saying no under pressure with some kind of a lure with some kind of an incentive with some kind of a fear of consequences fear of backlash that is not to be treated as consent and therefore in human trafficking consent is missing very clearly and many times the victims are presented to say that i am doing this with consent but a victim who is unable to protect one's own dignity a victim who is unable to protect one's own life decide anything for oneself a victim who can be put to sexual slavery how much to believe that the victim is free enough to assert and say that i am doing it freely on my own only when such kinds of statement that i am doing something on my own or this is something that i want to do in my life can be taken with some kind of an element of trust or truth only if the conditions preconditions are also matching and suitable not when the person is living in a situation of helplessness or optionlessness the media the government a number of civil society organizations international agencies often talk about human trafficking being an organized crime does human trafficking operate through a formal nexus who are the perpetrators of this crime when we say organized we presume that there are more than one persons and several activities which are specialized and responsibilities divided among those people who are working together and there is a division of responsibilities and that is something that comes to our mind when we talk about organized crime but in certain parts of the world you definitely come across certain such kinds of criminal syndicates which operate for example when we think of the drug trade or the cartels so in india the situation is a little different in indian situation you find the activity is multi nuclei several centers and they are not organized or evolved around one common center like in a concentric manner there is no one single center to this circle there are several small 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 circles and therefore in every small if it would not be wrong to find a trafficker in every village because this is essentially looking for some kind of a situation where somebody is found weak or vulnerable and then you are taking the first possible opportunity to make use of that vulnerability into making profit for yourself by putting that person into an exploitative lifestyle for example somebody who will be moving a girl from nepal or bangladesh or from certain states of india to the brothels of bombay or delhi or kolkata may be the same person and therefore he is connected well with the brothels of bombay delhi kolkata but then he will not be actually running a brothel there those people who are actually running the brothel and putting that girl into captivity and dealing with the customers and commissions such as the pimps they may be different people unfortunately that is the case that many times we realize that parents also know what is happening with their daughters or with their children and they look the other way around and that is the most unfortunate part of it there are several communities where we know that the daughters are sold into the sex trade or activities allied to sex trade and uh, it is happening for last centuries we often come across a lot of statistics quoted on human trafficking they say there are millions of women and children that are trafficked every year and that the sex industry is a multi billion dollar industry firstly are these statistics reliable and secondly are there any means to get more reliable statistics to understand the magnitude of this problem 
the only reliable statistics that we have about trafficking crime or trafficking incidents for example for india is the national crime records bureau figures which are given but these are the cases reported at the police station now that is hardly an indicator of at what level the actual incidence is happening and such kind of statistics can only be gathered provided there is a law which is comparable many countries do not even today do not have a kind of a anti trafficking law india does not have a specific anti trafficking or you know kind of a compound anti trafficking law there are laws against bonded labor there are laws against illegal uh, surrogacy there are laws against sex trade there are laws against child labor like that there are laws but there is no uniformity then once again from country to country there is no uniformity and when there is no uniformity you what kind of statistics is possible to be gathered that's one the first time the definition of trafficking came into indian law in the year 2013 in the indian penal code section 370 until then we did not have the offense also as trafficking if there is no offense as trafficking how can there be a statistics about trafficking what is considered as trafficking in one country is still not considered as trafficking in another country so how do you get to know that this is the annual transaction are there receipts are there punching machines are there kind of a bank statements on what basis can we say that this is the tune of the turnover annual turnover but i have seen the number inflating or getting snowballed we really do not have proper data gathering and proper data processing kind of a system in our country not yet we are too far from that is human trafficking a global issue and where does india stand with respect to this somewhere around the year 2000 there was a lot of activity across the world and many countries the initiative was taken by the united states of america of course many countries felt the need to have some kind of an activity against human trafficking and they called it as a kind of a modern slavery or modern type of slavery because you know somewhere in 1948 when the first un declaration of human rights was passed it was believed that slavery is over decolonization is the process countries are becoming independent and slavery is no more there so we said bye bye to slavery from our front yard never realized when slavery came back and sat you know aplomb into our own dining hall and living rooms and suddenly we were taken by surprise that a slavery is back but that was immediately taken up and there was a process of thinking consultations and definitely our organization prerna was a part of that very important role we played in that process and the world came together on the platform of united nations an optional protocol to the previous convention of transnational organized crime was passed several countries gave signatures to that but then there is a process of ratification a process of ratification is a confirmation of the member country that they will make laws in light of the convention or protocol and if they already have laws they will make the laws or amend the laws so that they are in tune with the convention now that is a kind of an agreement so there was a general process of passing the convention signing the convention and ratifying the convention although the united nations conventions was signed in the city of palermo italy in 2000 december it was not ratified by all countries at the same time countries took a long time but it was taken up seriously india took almost 11 years and in the year 2011 india ratified the convention and it was believed that in the light of the ratification the indian laws on trafficking should be created or should be amended suitably and therefore there was a kind of an activity taken up to change the immoral traffic act in india which was a law of 1956 
1998, India passed the first national plan of action and first policy against child trafficking. And it's very interesting to note that in this very policy, in the very first paragraph, the government of India mentioned that prostitution is not the right word. Commercial sexual exploitation is the right word. And victim of commercial sexual exploitation is the right reference to what is today being referred to as a prostitute. So there was a very progressive outlook. A lot of anti-human trafficking activity was taken up in India by the civil society together with the government. And the American government gave a major financial backup to all these activities in the rest of the world very consistently and substantial assistance was given so that there could be better awareness, better capacity building, better sensitization and training and better policy making in most of these countries. Indian civil society contributed very substantially to the entire anti-human trafficking activity, the thought, the action and the results all together. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Humans Not For Sale. Every week, we're going to explore the world of human trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation and help you understand the issue. If there is something that you want to do to help, talk about it. Tell more people about our podcast. For more information, go to fighttrafficking.org, your trusted knowledge partner.